this is Dougal from Juno Dream. We're Bastel, and you're listening to Yo. Rock and Roll Rock with and it. Roll with it. There you go. Hello and welcome to Rock and Roll with it. Essentially, podcast just talking all things rock and it's quite a big encompassing term that I think that's deliberately why we've chosen rock and already saying we we're not really introduced ourselves I'm Teddy I'm Holly and yeah we talk all things rock all day every day and we thought why not do it in front of some microphones edit it up and put it in a podcast we're partners we're best friends we thought it was the perfect way to be able to throw in the songs we love and have a debate yeah and I think as you're saying there about the music that we like and debating, I think that's quite a big thing with us, particularly with rock, that we do have quite different opinions and different tastes. Teddy describes me as the purest version of rock and you're more of the modernist. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm a modernist rocker, whereas you're a purist. Yeah. You know, for me, it's Oasis, it's the Foo Fighters, you know, even a bit of Guns N' Roses, ACDC. Not that they're my regular listens, but I've got time for them. Whereas I'm a bit more like definitely getting more into the metalcore side of things. I think Screaming, you're still a little bit put off by. I get into Teddy's car and I am terrified. It's just, it's just constant for me. It's too much. There's a great playlist on Spotify called Walk Like a Badass, and I feel like it's that times 10. So the things that we do agree on music-wise, we will travel anywhere to see a band we love. Yeah, 100%. my birthday, I've just turned 23. We travelled all the way to Prague, didn't we? Yeah. Who did we see? Well... It was funny, it was one of those things of, we quite like to plan stuff out, so even if it's a gig, we will book it ages and ages in advance, usually. We've got tickets for end of May, later in the summer that we're already sorted. But I saw on Instagram a band we really like called Ocean Grove from Australia, and they are absolutely mental. If you do get the chance to see them, go and see them. They'd been in the UK last year and we went all the way up to Nottingham to go and see them because we were desperate to, thinking we'd not see them again for ages. And they announced they're going on European tour with Don Broco and we just, we couldn't resist, could we? It was the 4th of March, my birthday is the 2nd. We just thought, let's do it. Although we, we've learned a valuable lesson from that, that if you can get to a gig earlier, even half an hour earlier is not enough. <laughs> Well, the thing is, in the UK, you don't see the demand for a support band as much as a headliner. But we got to Prague and we were queuing for 45 minutes. Yeah, we must have got there. So what time? Seven. We got there at seven. And what time did they come on? Half seven. Yeah. And it was literally a queue all the way around the block just trying to get in for a support act. And it was so stressful because we had come primarily for Ocean Grove, despite... You know, we loved Don Broco. We were there for them as well. But we didn't think we were going to get there in time. We were like, we have travelled to Prague and we're not going to see Ocean Grove. It was worrying. We, we did get in there. We might still managed to get a good sort of 25, 30 minutes off their set. So we were pleased at that. But it did make us think, in future, if we can go earlier to a gig, we will. Absolutely. But it, this brings us on quite nicely, actually, to, well, with this podcast, I think every time we do an episode, we like the idea of one of us posing a question to the other. And I saw a tweet a few weeks ago that went pretty viral, loads and loads of debate in it. And I think we'll probably have a little debate of our own, really, in this. This guy said, support acts. No one wants to see them. Let's just finish the show earlier so everyone can get home earlier. Then more people will go to shows midweek. Everyone's happier. I think it depends on every gig. 
But personally, having looked around the topic a bit, it's so important to have a support act. Speaking for us, we literally went to go see a support act in the week. We went to go see a band we love called Juno Dream. Big up Juno Dream. But we left before the headline act even came on. Yeah, Holly is just I've awesome. even got my Juno Dream merch on right now. Yeah. but that, Mega fan. That goes to show we went, saw the support act, got some merch and left before the main act even came on. And we did that in Prague as well, actually. It's a bit shameful saying that, isn't yeah, it, on know. a podcast? I feel really bad having been like, oh yeah, we love rock and roll music and we've gone, the last two gigs we've been to, we've not stayed for the headliners. Albeit though, it's funny though, we were out with friends last night and we were saying to them, oh yeah, we saw Ocean Grove and Don Broco and Sleeping With Sirens were headlining, but we didn't see them and they said that we hadn't missed out. So I'm I'm happy about that. So support acts, headliners, the combo have been going on a long time. I've done a little bit of research into it and I'd say when they first started out or they were first recognised in the sort of 1960s with soul artists and they would perform in shows called package shows where they'd have about a dozen artists in one evening so essentially a mini festival and within that they had up and coming artists like Stevie Wonder so you know from the beginning we've got a very iconic artist well I think you put it quite nicely there is is a festival not a day full of support acts for your headliner yeah we look at a festival and the first thing you do is obviously you look at the headliners but you look at through all the hundreds of other names that's effectively a big support show I think for a lot of people you think money all of these venues are wanting a support act so people stay longer for drinks but in fact it's so beneficial because it's just building the music industry is giving smaller artists the chance to grow you know these headliners are bringing the crowds if they're doing a tour they've already paid all of the fees they've got the fan following so these support acts have the opportunity to grow because social media an amazing platform for growing artists but ultimately you need the content i'm speaking for myself and i'm sure you'd say the same i will spend hours looking through artists instagrams tiktoks and just watching back footage 100 percent, as we said like we've been to see two bands specifically who were supporting and watching them play to crowds that they've probably never played a crowd that big having even just proper visuals and screens behind them it was really really cool to see these bands really in a space that they wouldn't have had the opportunity for before and filling them and really getting a crowd behind them as well for Juno Dream particularly it felt like a brand of Juno Dream which we've never seen before well I think we'd seen them um, twice in the last year once at the Louisiana and Bristol which is a great venue but it does feel like a little room with 100 people in it versus a big O2 type venue where you've got all that infrastructure it was just really really cool and I think the support act thing it's a bit like unsigned artists there was a load of stuff recently in the news about unsigned artists music not being good enough but doesn't every act start out as unsigned as a support act it's very few and far between where you get these big acts who suddenly are already headlining big stages doing headline shows and if they are they tend to be more in the pop world rather than rock or indie or alternative music I think there's a lot of pressure for a support act as well you know you are almost responsible for getting the crowd riled up and ready for the headliner 
partner. You've got to be interactive. I think it's so important for a support artist to be engaging with the audience. We keep talking about Juno Dream. They're always engaging with their audience. They're having such a good time. And it's so obvious that they are. That to me is someone that's going to become successful. Well, this is the thing of like, I know we've done it at festivals, but especially with gigs, how many times do you come out of a gig and go, that support act were really cool. I'm going to go and check them out on Spotify. I'll give them a follow or whatever. It's that thing of we love going through playlists, doing Spotify radio, checking out other people's playlists to try and find new music. It doesn't really seem like there's any better way than actually seeing it live. And especially with support acts, like we found it the other day. Obviously, we've met the guys in Juno Dream a few times and that's a real buzz for us. But you actually get to see those guys or those girls or whoever, if they've been up as a support act, they do tend to watch. They're on the merch stands. You can actually go and talk to them. And I feel like you get a bit more of a relationship with them in terms of watching them grow. And there's something quite nice as a fan and as a listener, being able to see bands go on this journey as a result. I think if you're performing at a local venue as well, and the headliner has come from a completely different part of the country, or think about if someone's travelled abroad, a headliner, and they've got a local band that everyone knows in the area, it's so important for that headliner to have that support because they will bring a following. You'd think the headliner would be the one to bring the fans, but that's not always true. Well, this is an interesting one, particularly with that Broco show we saw. It was in Prague in the Czech Republic, and we always do this when we go on holiday. We're like, we are those terrible English tourists that haven't made enough effort to speak the local language. And I remember that as we were queuing up in this massive line before we got in, you said, are they going to speak in English throughout the whole show? And I said, well, they've been doing a European tour. I'm sure they were in Poland the night before. They'd been in Denmark. So I'm sure they're Polish and they're Danish. Isn't that great? But I think they'll probably be in English. But sure enough, the whole show was in English and they did loads of interaction. There wasn't less as a result of it being somewhere else. And you kind of think with something like that, obviously Ocean Grove, not so much of a big following, but Sleeping with Sirens and Broco, both having big followings out there. So big shows. If you were going overseas and you're going to do a whole show in a different language, potentially to the whole audience. You maybe do need an act like that who can even just speak the same language as the people listening. I was trying to imagine not understanding the language and thinking, okay, I can hear their voices rising. I'm supposed to go, woo. It didn't cause any issues, did it? No, not at all. But it makes me think actually of a thing I know that you love because Holly said it herself, she's a big rock purist and she particularly likes her Britpop, big 90s girl. You particularly like Noel Gallagher as well. And there's this great quote he says about music really connecting with people. He's in, I want to say it's Korea, it might be Japan. I can't remember, but it's an Asian speaking country where he says, I've got these tens of thousands of people singing these lyrics back to me and they clearly like don't know what the words mean necessarily it's just the sound they connect with and it's crazy it's the universal language I think you got that from Supersonic yeah I think I might have done I rewatched the other day just so inspiring but even Oasis they were a support act weren't they originally when they got signed or I'm sure they will have done support acts all these bands that you know and love they have to have started somewhere apart from anything else it's the thing of learning your craft I've done a few small gigs myself nothing big more like to crowds of five or ten but I remember the first time ever performing like that in front of people if you've been a headline act straight away it's not as forgiving I think that it's really important that the headliner and the support act are the same genre of music 
having gone to see Don Broco and Ocean Grove, we flew back on the Sunday. And then that evening, we were at Ali Pali in London to see Pendulum. And the support act for Pendulum was the most bizarre artist. He's called Justin Hawke. And it's a mixture of country. Oh, I'd say country meets Nickelback meets drum and bass. Wow. Yeah. You need to hear it to understand. Do you remember what the song's called? I think it's Better Than Gold. I'll check. It's Better Than Gold. Better Than Gold. It's an interesting thing there you say about the support act because not only do I feel like they need to be a similar genre, but the headline act does have a bit of a part to play in bringing them into the show a little bit. And you do need that with the support going, oh, who's ready to see the headliner and the crowd get G'd up. But it's really... it does make a difference when that headline act will go, oh, support act tonight was great. We had a great time. Big ups to them. Get the crowd to cheer. Like we saw that with, we saw Don Broco in Oxford about a year ago and they had Noisy and Kid Brunswick on a support. It was an amazing lineup. Rob Damiani from Broco got both of them to come and join him on stage and do a song together. And it brought the whole energy up, but it also brought the whole evening together more than anything. And there was a real feeling of appreciation from all three bad. It really made something different that evening. It was really nice. I feel like we've seen different ends of the spectrum though with that because that was a great night of really appreciating the support and the headliners parts in the show but then I don't think we should name and shame the bands partly because I can't remember the support act's name because it I was so put off by them but it was when we went to Nottingham <gasps> Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this was bad. Yes, yeah, so this was when we saw Ocean Grove. I thought we weren't going to name and shame. Oh, people could see now who this band were that was supporting Ocean Grove. I don't want us to name and shame. We're allowed an opinion. Yeah. You're allowed to dislike music. You don't have to like a band. I'm sure they're absolutely lovely people. Their stage presence just wasn't great. Wasn't really our kind of music anyway, but we stuck around, didn't we? Mm. And you have that interval of talking. She didn't even know where she was. She said, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. She was like, oh, aren't the drugs in Manchester great? And everyone is kind of looking around like, why are you saying that? One, that's just weird. Two, you're in Nottingham. And then she made it even worse. She didn't even know the headliner name, which I just thought was absolutely awful it's, we went to was it the bodega we went to in Nottingham I want to say it was the bodega yeah really cool little venue above a bar and she was kind of like leaning over the mic and looking over to the merch stand to try and read off their merch what Ocean Grove's name was and it wasn't even sort of ah, oh, I'm a rock star I don't care cool vibes it was so painful that we went and sat in the bar until they finished didn't we afterwards it just hurt my ears a bit as we've said I'm a purist I can have a bit of scream but if it's the whole song it's not for me and it was just very loud very screamy and the bad interaction was the nail in the coffin for you wasn't it yeah it was I was there for Ocean Grove and as I've said I'm so up for discovering new music but didn't like that one so I feel like where we're kind of coming to with this debate is that we couldn't disagree more with this tweet about not having support because for a lot of financial reasons they're important you can't discredit the fact that venues clearly do need to be open for longer we see all the time about support local music venues and stuff but also for all these other reasons we've mentioned sometimes they might not hit and you might not like a support act but I think you put it quite nicely there with us saying about you're entitled to an opinion I think we 
we find that ourselves with our differing tastes in music, but it adds more to the evening. Apart from anything else, gigs are expensive to go to. Quite often, actually, um, a record label will be the ones to pay for the event. They'll often have the same supporting artists and headliner on the same label, which often brings it together. So it could be multiple artists on the same evening show. I think we are in agreement then. We're, we're very much support acts, big yes. And I think we should also make a promise now, especially this is now I'm recording and there is evidence of this. The next gig we go to, we need to stay for the headline act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you hesitated there. If we were going for purely headliner, then I would disagree because I think it is important to go and see the support act. Show your support. Yes. It's in the name. Support the support act. Get it trending. Next up, we've got some news stories as well in the world of rock, don't we? To have a little discuss of. Yes. So with these news stories, we quite like the idea of because we have differing opinions on what we like, what we listen to. Holly's not actually heard what I've found and I've not heard what she's found. So hopefully we've not gone for the same thing. So my new story in the world of rock is about Metallica. I don't listen to a lot of Metallica, I must admit. You probably have listened to more than me as a self-described purist of rock and roll. I spend so much time trying to learn the Metallica riffs. They're so tough, but yeah, I'm probably a bit more into them than you. Well, this is a very polarising news story. A lot of people have given their opinions on this, some very, very positive and some quite negative because Metallica sell an unbelievable amount of vinyl records and vinyl is very in right now. Last year, it outsold CDs for the first time since 1987 and was the 16th consecutive year of growth in sales for vinyl records. So, wow, insane. And I'm pretty sure... Metallica, if they don't sell the most vinyl of anyone out there, they're very close to the top. And they've found the demand has been so high and they want to support vinyl. They've bought their own vinyl pressing factory or they've (laughs) bought the majority stake in one. Some of the stuff I've seen about it has been very much celebrating what a great thing that is. I think that's really cool. I think the fact vinyl has become such a massive part of the music industry is really great. You know, it's that thing of bringing the albums back you have to listen to it in order. You look at Green Day and their albums were put in a certain order for a reason. Yeah, well, it's the whole thing of crafting an album, especially in a generation we live in now where everything is singles or the 15 seconds you hear on TikTok, there's not enough respect and appreciation for the crafting of a full record and both sides of a vinyl, really. That's the positive side of it. And it's seen as supporting the vinyl pressing industry and Jack White, big rock star as well, also came out in his support of that because he's got his own vinyl pressing factory, which is part of his label. The big thing, though, in the music community, which has really divided opinion, is a lot of smaller acts are not so pleased about Metallica buying the vinyl press because they already dominate the market in terms of selling it. But because they own this factory now as well, one of the bigger ones in the US, they can print vinyl whenever they want. So the tweet I saw, I can't think of who it was from, but it was verified smaller band on Twitter going, it's a year-long wait for smaller independent artists to get their music pressed if the Adele's, Ed Sheeran's and Metallica's of this world who sell the most vinyl records own the printing presses as well as it were they can print whenever they want, they can press these vinyls whenever they want and push the wait time even further up for smaller acts so is it supporting the industry or is it monopolising it? I did wonder whether that was going to be the point if they are dominating the vinyl market and do you know what, music as a whole, especially for smaller artists, 
there's no money. We go back to the point of support acts and they often rely on the headliners to get all the tickets sold, to pay for all of the shows. And this industry now, which is dominated through vinyl buying, so expensive to make. I think especially during the pandemic, we saw more and more bands doing like Instagram lives and being a lot more transparent and honest. And I remember bands I liked watching their lives and people going, oh, release this merch, release this merch. And the people in the bands having to say, we can only release it if we have the guarantee it's going to sell out, particularly with vinyl. When we've bought vinyls of smaller bands, we like, they'll say on their Instagram stories, there are only 20. If you want it, you've got to buy it straight away. One, there's not the availability, but two, it is just so expensive to do. It's expensive as a listener as well. For me, £30 for one album is extortionate. And if it's a band that I really like, and particularly smaller bands, back to Juno Dream again, I would want to spend that money. I want to buy the merch because I know that's going to help them and support them. But it's such a competitive industry and Metallica dominating that market is very limiting for smaller bands. Having heard both sides of that, I do see the latter, actually. So I've let both sides of the argument stew a little bit. And particularly with that, the interesting thing is that I I can't think of what the printing place is called now, the pressing place, in fact, but they've publicly said already they're not going to be pressing more vinyls for smaller acts. It's like with anything about the people at the top seem to get richer and richer and richer. Do you know what? I didn't want to say that comment, but as soon as you said the latter point, I thought the rich get richer. And it's so true. And it's so sad that that's being forced into the music industry. It should be an equal playing field. The music from smaller bands is not necessarily worse than Metallica. Metallica have had the funding, they've had the following for years. Well, the crazy thing is as well, it's the same albums getting pressed and sold over and over and over again. How many versions of the same album can you buy before you get bored? It's a really interesting comment to bring to the table, actually. So that was my news story. What have you got for me, Holes? I don't want to talk about this too much because we do want to do our own episode about festivals. But I do think it is very topical to talk about the Glasto lineup and what you think of it, what I think of it, because I'm in two minds. For listeners who obviously can't see my face right now. I'm already pulling a real face of one at the fact that we didn't get tickets because us and all our mates did want to go and it is so difficult to actually try and get your hands on any. So expensive. But it's worth it, isn't it? It's a festival town. Said the two people who've never been (laughs) before. I know people that have gone and actually there's one person that has said to me it was the last festival they ever did because they were so ruined after it, which I think is really funny. This is one of those things now where I feel like it's almost better not going now because it will never be able to exceed the expectations I'm setting for it in my mind now. I'm unsure about it because I think that the lineups are bizarre. For the headliners, we've got Arctic Monkeys, Elton John, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses for me, happy days. It's funny you say them straight away because the one thing I do know about the Glastonbury lineup is Guns N' Roses were a really late last minute replacement. It was meant to be Taylor Swift instead. Yes, I knew that. I had her in my head, but I was like, was she last year? Because she was meant to be the Glastonbury that got cancelled because of the pandemic. Yes. And she's never done that slot. And I don't listen to Taylor Swift, but I feel like it would still be a good headline Imagine going from Taylor Swift to Guns N' Roses roses yeah it's not quite not quite the same demographic of fans there no how bizarre 
really bizarre. And then we've got Arctic Monkeys, which you would think, great, that's guaranteed fun. However, we went to Reading Festival last year and they were awful. The music, they did not play it at the normal speed, so no one could sing along. I've seen an awful clip. I think it's Why Do You Only Call Me When You're High? And even the way Alex Turner is singing it, it's like he could not be trying to be David Bowie anymore if he tried. It's a bit painful, especially when there are so many amazing tracks that they've released. There's this one live version of 505, which every time I listen to, it just blows me away. But part of that is knowing that I will never see it live like that again, it seems. Yeah. And for me, Arctic Monkeys, I'm reminiscent of my childhood through the first album, Whatever the People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not. But I know that's not going to get played. It's the new album, which is very jazz orientated, but it's it's not Arctic Monkeys. It's painful too. They, I, they did a great interview with Jack Saunders on Radio 1 going through all of the album. And they say straight away, oh, yeah we started out writing a rock album we went we don't want to write a rock album let's write something else it's no you are a rock band all the music that your fan base loves is rock music that's what you're you are the best in the business at that why do something else and it's not like they've lost a band member thinking about Kasabian they've lost Tom however they couldn't continue the normal rock that Kasabian was and they've transformed their band and I actually don't think they could have done it any better the music that they are now producing with Serge obviously as lead singer is fantastic but as you say it's a completely different set of circumstances from which that transformation has come but for Arctic Monkeys nothing has changed they've just got older they know what they're good at and what what's the new song they've brought out it's so dreadful oh is it there'll never be another mirror ball or something like that oh my god it's so bad we put it on at work and I remember it going through that whole instrumental opening and then those vocals come in everyone at work thought I was having them on and that it wasn't actually Arctic Monkeys this can't be the new single because it's not them there's nothing about it that I listen to and go oh there's none of that clever wordplay and the trying to fit so many syllables into small lines and things. It didn't have that energy and that oomph to it. Yeah, and he's so unashamedly northern in like his earlier albums, which I think is just great. And now he's trying to be this jazz alternative. Yeah, he was the cheeky chappy before. Like, yeah. There's that great interview on BBC Breakfast with Susanna Reid when he's flirting with her and she, she's like a giddy schoolgirl because he is really smooth. He's like the ultimate front man, but he's just not that now. No, but we digress. Uh, yes. So Elton John Oh, I'm rolling my eyes at this one as well. Because I know that he's got this really lucrative farewell tour, what top grossing tour ever. It's his last year. Yeah. It's his last year, isn't it? But there's a reason for that. He can't sing. Yeah. I think for Elton John, I don't want to discredit how incredible his music is. I think especially for us watching the Rocketman film and finding out more about him, we've got into it a bit more. But I feel like he should be headlining the legend stage rather than being an actual headliner. Because even Paul McCartney last year, he looked like you could hear with his vocals that he was struggling a bit. They loved him, though. All the reviews said that he did amazingly. Yeah, but the difference is I don't think Elton John can put on a show like that. And what's this new remix in the charts with oh, Elton with, John? With Britney. With Britney. Um, it's the worst song I think I have 
ever heard. Oh, Tiny hold me Dancer. Closer. It's yeah, Tiny yeah. Dancer. It's so horrific. But his last two songs, they are. It's, he's got the Dua Lipa one as well. They are the old songs just TikTokified, almost like a shiny filter on them. So we look at the Glasto lineup and we see Guns N' Roses, very rock. Arctic Monkeys, Once Upon a Time, indie rock. Elton John, I don't even... Classic it? rock. Cla- uh, cla- classic rock. Oh, no, oh, now I've said it, I'm not sure about I, that. Yeah, maybe. Let's go with it. Let's okay, go with we'll it. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. So we've got these three headliners. I've seen worse, but I don't think it's going to be as good as they expect it to be. Having seen the Arctic Monkeys' terrible performance at Reading, Elton John, who can no longer sing, and then I have nothing bad to say about Guns N' Roses. But we move on to the other acts and it's the most random selection, albeit all very famous acts. We're talking Lizzo, we've got Becky Hill, Carly Rae Jepsen. Okay. <laughs> you've got so, you've got a face like a smack bottom right now. You look really, really put out. It's just weird. I just don't get it. And then you go to Royal Blood, Lewis Capaldi. Oh no, see, I know I know we said we won't talk about other festivals so much, but I don't get the Lewis Capaldi festival thing. I've seen so many amazing clips of his big, big shows and one hundred percent I'm so here for that. And I feel like maybe this is the rock fan in both of us because people do want to see these acts, but when I think of a festival I'm thinking of your Sam Fender your Kasabian your Royal Blood the Killers all those real energy acts and I think Lewis Capaldi's got a fantastic voice he's a concert man he's not a festival man yeah that's exactly it he's not a gig he's a concert I have seen him at a festival I would like to point out I was forced to go with my friends and you know you've got the odd someone you loved it's a great song but I just was depressed after it I don't want to be crying at a festival see that's the thing I'm thinking of like a concert where you sit in seats you you actually are in seats rather than being in the standing section it feels like there should be a row of chairs out in the sort of main standing area instead of it being a gig. I'd love to see what the reviews are going to be after Glasto is done. Oh, I'm telling you now, it's going to be fantastic. They're going to say how fantastic it was to see off Elton John. They'll say Guns N' Roses in their pomp, because they will be great. They will be. But the Arctic Monkeys, I don't know what, how they've managed to pull the wool over everyone's eyes because the reviews for Reading and Leeds were great even though as we've said you can watch the set there's a load of songs that didn't make it into that iPlayer video that they put up I'm trying to think which song in particular it was. I think it might have been Why Join the Coin When You're High. It was. Yeah, that one's not in the video. Specifically, it's not there. I just think looking at it, oh, that album even, it's got great reviews. This is why, if we're going to take anything from this, you listen to real people like us that aren't getting paid. We are here and we're telling the truth. We also do want to caveat that with, if you do like that album and if you like these artists, there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like I have to say this because I know that I have to fight my my corner a little bit with you holes about certain things that I like that you are you quote unquote disappointed in me for listening to <laughs> there's a time and a place for music I have had the Arctic Monkeys album on when I'm playing poker because I love the jazz vibe but it's background music it's not the Arctic Monkeys we knew and loved the only reason that I do agree with you and I I completely agree with you and I'm definitely playing devil's advocate the only reason I am doing that though is because I know you even turned your nose up at me seeing Sam Ryder at Truck Festival last year it was the perfect slot Sunday afternoon about 2 o'clock and I could see someone like him on a Glastonbury lineup on a smaller stage and that was 
was amazing. Maybe not like the rock festival set that we are talking about, but I feel like I have to stand up and defend the other opinions as well. We will always say everyone is entitled to their own opinion. What makes music so great is that everyone's got their own music taste. Whether it's guilty pleasure, your ultimate favourite or what you hate, no one has got bang on the same music taste and we will drum that in the whole way through this podcast. Feel free to disagree with us to the utmost extent. That's absolutely fine. But the one thing I would say is I think we should both be more open-minded as well because we've even had it, the two of us, with certain things that I've brought you round to or you've brought me round to. Like Machine Gun Kelly, I have to say it. We saw him live and he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and the first time I played you any MGK, you so disappointed in me. Well, you see the news reports about him and he was an awful person and I think when you learn more about him and definitely how he has progressed as an artist and as a person it's really interesting Mm. it's an interesting topic because most people do hate him yeah no I will admit that completely so the next part of our show which is what we want to do every time we create a podcast is do a stop clock review basically the idea for this came around because I really like going onto websites like NME Kerrang Loudwire particularly reading album reviews, just articles in general. But there is so much useless fluff in all those reviews. That's not really what I want from a review. I want to just know basic facts, good, bad, not so bad, whatever. So the idea behind this stop clock review is that we're getting to the real heart of what you and I, because you are going to have to do this too, because it is going to be quite hard, I think. What we really think of an album, we've got a stop clock, 30 seconds. I'm going to do my best today to try and review an album. And what is that album today, Holes? So we've got Inhaler, Cuts and Bruises. We look back to lockdown and we had the most incredible album from Inhaler, projecting Bono's energy, you can hear we should add by the way in case you don't know the front man of Inhaler is Bono of U2's son thank you thank you sorry it's just I assume that don't don't look wistfully into the distance as you speak about Eli we know he's very good looking they're they're a very good looking band but that's beside the point I didn't say anything about the rest of the band anyway swiftly on so we talk about the first album which was phenomenal and we've got this new album that's just come out which we're a bit deflated about. We're about to find out. We need to get a stock clock ready. So I've got 30 seconds. He's got 30 seconds to give you his review on the album. Don't start it yet, though, please. No, I'm not I'm not quite ready. I need to psych myself up for this. Because I should add, I've not done any practice for this. Because you kept telling me it's not that much time. And I'm adamant it's more time than it seems. So I'm going to do my best. Try and break it down. And also, I'm going to try and give it rating out of 10. I'm ready. I'm ready. Are Count we ready? Count okay. me in. Okay. Three, two, one. So as I said, follow up to their number one album, um, It Won't Always Be Like This. This album, they've tried to strip it back. They've said they've taken all the noise away and I feel like they maybe should have kept the noise in. It just lacks a lot of oomph that the first album had. Every track on that first album is huge. And this one, some great jazzy licks and the guitar lines, but it doesn't quite hit. I will say though, the singles are banging. Go and listen to the singles. They save this album. It's a mixed bag, really mixed bag. Five out of 10 from me. How how close was I on that then? That was 0.27 seconds over 30 seconds. Okay. (laughs) 
I wrote down a whole lot of notes earlier and I said none of the things that I wanted to, but I feel like you get you get the gist of what I was trying to say. That was a fantastic review. That was really good. Can you tell he's a radio presenter by any chance? As I put it there, I, did I say five out of ten? Five out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the best way to sum it up. The single save it. That would be my headline for an album review for that. Which was the one I said I really... Oh, I didn't really like oh, is Storm. Is it Perfect Storm? I mean, as we described the whole album, it's all right. It's one of those I could have in the background and probably enjoy. But I have this theory. I know if I like a song in the first 10 seconds I listen to it, it's all about the intro. It sets the whole song up. If I was ever going to write my own song, the first 10 seconds would be where I put all my energy because we're so impatient. If I hear the first 10 seconds and I think that's rubbish I'll move on to the next do you know what I probably am a bit more close-minded when it comes to music and you're a bit more open-minded because it's all about that guitar riff for me I aspire to be a lead guitarist one day I'm learning yeah I'm not there it's about the journey well speaking it's not about the destination it's about the journey okay I'm vomiting in my mouth right now <laughs> let's move let's move on let's move on you're giving it very large about the music you do like and being able to tell if a song is good and potentially being a bit closed-minded but I think you're more open-minded than you would let on really tell us what your top tune is for the month so we've had a real theme of Don Broco and a bit of Ocean Grove. We've given Don Broco a lot of love this podcast. And it feels only right to say that my favourite song at the moment is Gum Shield. It's heavy. Rob Damiani's voice sounds incredible you you do love Rob Damiani just a little bit like I know when we were seeing when we saw them up on stage you did just go he's the ultimate dad dancer but there's just something about him in that energy that he's not a dad dancer his energy is just oh it's all consuming it's infectious it's infectious it made us both want to be up there he just has the best time and he does that every show you never feel like you're at a show that he doesn't want to be at you were struck last year when we saw them for the first time you'd never seen them live and you hadn't really seen what he looked like and he's got this huge voice like this and then he goes to this operatic voice it's unbelievable i'm thinking more about when he talks to the crowd then he's just the nicest bloke in the world i'm rob tamiani yeah don broco at the moment for me absolutely so what's yours teddy so i feel really guilty about this because it's a band i used to blast non-stop I didn't get it didn't like any of the tunes and I just thought they were really really pretentious but you changed my mind on this band having seen them at Reading last year on the Sunday night I don't know what you're going to say right now actually so it's not a new song by any means and I think some people would really dispute me calling it rock because I think they are a rock band and I think they're potentially one of the most famous rock bands in the world at the moment it's the 1975 and, um, okay, I think this could cause a lot of controversy. I was really thinking about it and I almost picked a, a pop punky song, which I think you would have disputed even more. But um, I heard this song the other day on Spotify. It's called Love It If We Made It. His vocals are just so different. Now, he's got a great voice, regardless of what you think. And it's really at the top of his range. And it's really kind of like shouting. Not, shouting's the wrong word because it's not like screaming. It's like a, a chant throughout. There's a really cool backstory to this song though, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was telling you about it in the car the other day. It's literally, he just went through all sorts of crazy tabloid headlines and just tried to put them all together. He said the most difficult part about it was actually trying to get 
them to rhyme. And if you listen to it, the lyrics are a bit odd and a bit weird, but it is just a really cool song. I think the chorus is really catchy and it's just different. It's different. I'm happy to say that I was wrong about the 1975. Well, I saw them at Reading and for the first half, I would not swallow my pride. I've never liked the 1975 and they started playing this song and I thought, wow, okay, I've been really stuck in my own ways with this, but this song is beautiful and it was, I always want to die sometimes. I was emotionally struck by it. I'm amazed it wasn't in your top five songs for the year on Spotify, even though you only discovered it at the end of August. Yeah, well, we're both quite bad, aren't we? When we like a song, we will listen to it until we can't bear it any longer. (laughs) We ring it as dry as it can possibly get. We really do. Well, I think that brings a very natural endpoint to this podcast. We will be back. We will be back. We're hoping to do this about once a month or so. But um, we really appreciate any support you can give, whether that's liking, rating the podcast, getting your friends to listen to it, whatever. Give us ideas. We've got we've got so much in the pipeline. We are so, so excited. But yeah, give us your opinions. Tell us. We're interested. Yeah, and let us know if you disagree with us. If you want to drop us an email, it's rockandrollwithitmedia at gmail.com. Watch this space. There is more on the way. <laughs>